0: Hi to everyone. Yeah, it's been a few cr- crazy days with a developer. Literally tweeted it out on a Sunday night because I didn't expect anything of it. There are a billion other AI agents projects and mine is nothing that special. I guess I write well, but now it's kicking off. It's been gaining a thousand stars a day. There uh, you are know, lots of people with opinions about what I should do and I figured I would just build in public, as they say. All right, Altrin, you're 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 up. Hi, hey Sean, how are you? I'm okay. It's it's been a, it's been a exciting but also a little bit scary because I don't over... really
1: understand what's going on. Yeah, you're overwhelmed with <laughs> it.
0: A little bit, a little bit. Do, yeah. Do you know the full context? Should I explain what it I'm I'm not sure that everyone knows what small developer
1: is. Yeah, I think I can definitely help you play the role of oh, asking you about things. Once more people join, so you you know you give the full how this started, how it's going, where is this going, and you know hopefully how you make money out of it.
0: <laughs> answer, yeah, I can easily answer the, the last one, which is I have no idea. I have I have some thesis, and basically I haven't actually launched small AI yet. It, that is a different thing to this small developer project, but. I can always use it as part of small developer. I have a lot of friends that are working on AI agents and I don't really want to compete with them, right? Like, that's not my my end goal. I really was building it for myself. So, but yeah, happy to go over that history if, if that helps. But like, I mean, first, is there any questions that you, you have at the top of your mind?
1: I just got it via like a, a group chat that I have that I started building around stuff around AI and likely from Hacker News. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I think the obvious first question is, why build something of your own when stuff like, you know, all the AGI and some other, like, attempts exist? How do you arrive at the conclusion of, like, hey, I'll build this versus, hey, I'll take something off the shelf that many yeah. stars on GitHub already have? Yeah. I
0: haven't seen anyone build code with Baby AGI. Maybe I'm wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong, because it's so hard to keep on top of all these projects. But... My sense of AutoGPT and BabyAGI is that it's very much more for research, for essentially read-only projects where you you can browse the web and you can come over ideas. And yes, AutoGPT has the capability of cloning repos and writing files, but I've never seen anyone code with AutoGPT. And I, I looked at the, the code base. I I've actually have an open PR with AutoGPT, and it's it's a little bit, overwhelming. I, I didn't feel like I was really in control of it. And I think that is why I strongly feel about human centricity and like having the human in the loop and having small AI that you can trust because there's the tendency of these things to just spiral out of control. And I, I, I feel very uncomfortable letting that just run in my <laughs> file system. I don't know about you, but like um for, for things like my dev environment, I very much want it to 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 monitor to work under high Monitoring loop, I guess, which AutoGPT can do. I just felt like it was overkill, probably, for my use case. All I wanted, you know, the, the sort of inspiring, inciting incident was the Anthropic 100K context window, which was released last week. And I had access to Anthropic. Fun fact a lot of people ask me about how to get access to Anthropic. In Anthropic, just apply for a job get an interview the first thing you ask is can i get access they'll be like yeah yeah sure and then and then obviously you don't have to join if you don't want to but but they're they're actually a, I think they have suddenly become and showed their their flex as a leading research lab you know essentially number two to open ai and i think they have identified some areas of, of strong improvements actually since small developer i've actually created a second app called small menu bar where i run chatubt bard and, and, and anthropic claude next to each other for every single chat that i do and i think everyone should get into this practice if you're in the business of keeping up to date you should be ab testing all these eyes side by side so check out small AI menu bar if that is something that you're interested in because that's the way that i do it and i noticed that claude is actually better at code it's it's interesting i'm
1: I'm yeah. with it I um, I got access to 100k as well I've been playing with this I've been testing and I think cloud takes you know uh, at least for some use cases I have Cloud seems to be obviously faster everybody's using gpt4 right and, and yeah it's just like way insanely faster because not a lot of people are using this scale but also some amount of prompt kind of following is definitely feels like it's it's better in Cloud 1.3 so I'm'm I'm, I'm with it yeah I agree yeah I just stop <clears throat> choosing, you know, I just run
0: all queries to all chat windows at all times. And then after only after like a lot of usage, I think you you get a feel for what each LLM is better at. But it's just very hard to describe if you don't just use it regularly for every little thing that you do.
1: But so I'm just getting myself into that habit of simultaneous testing. So so a small uh, dev built after you got access, you wanted to play and you said, okay, like, I-, I wanted to write some code for me. And the first thing I saw you built was a Chrome extension? You want, you want to talk about yes. that and why it yes. a Chrome extension? Yeah, exactly.
0: So, I mean, separately from all this, I had been working on small AI for a few weeks now. And so I had the GitHub org and I just wanted to put it in there. <laughs> but I really wanted to play with the 100K co- token context. And I think that it's just really good for summarizing anything. Like at this point, you know, with 8,000 tokens, it's still kind of iffy, right? Like whether or not you can um, summarize a, any given web- website. And then with like, you know, 2,000 tokens, it's not released yet. I don't have access. So I, it's just not an option. But with 100K tokens, you know, anyone with Anthropic API access can, can get it. And that is six hours of audio, um, all of the great Gatsby, 240 pages of API docs, and Netflix's full 10 tech- k corporate filing so i was like okay you can handle any any site and i kind of want that chrome extension for myself purely for myself but i hate writing chrome extensions you know it's one of those things where like i would, I would use it if somebody else built it but i didn't want to write it because the docs are a mess and i'm not a particular fan of the way that google
1: has managed the v2 to the v3 transition for chrome extensions so i didn't want and, wanna... and the, the fact that they're the only one who you know who require v3 and like firefox and other folks are still stuck in v2 it's definitely bifurcated yeah <laughs> I, you see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh you have God. to maintain two versions for, for different stores of extensions. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. That's interesting. I wonder if I could ask a small developer to build a V2 version and a V3
0: version and we just do it. Yeah, Maybe so, live? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, this is audio only, but I would give it a, give that a shot for sure. That's it's very well equipped to do that. I was like, okay, this is a good use case. Um, I want to solve this problem one and, once and for all. So I built small developer and, and tested it against my use case. I think it's, it's really good to have a personal use case in mind when you're building tools like this because then you're not building for some hypothetical developer, you're, you're building for yourself. And so I started writing my prompts and it generated a file and I was like, okay, I need more prompts and need more prompts. And I think basically you just want to model the way that you would normally with ChatGPT in order to code, right? I think a lot of us are... ChatGPT enabled coders now, and the loop is very much like write a prompt for the, the thing that you want, and then either Copilot or ChatGPT will like auto you, and then you look at the code and you're like, okay, good, and then move on. And then sometimes you run into errors, and you want to copy paste those errors into ChatGPT with the context of your code, and it will just tell you suggestions on how to fix it. So basically, I just followed that strategy. Everything into first the the CLI prompt, and then into a markdown file that was the prompt and that just grew and grew and grew and it became the monster that you see there which hacker news doesn't like but (laughs) but i i i mean it was so yeah that was like a you know one day of work and then i I tweeted it out because i i really didn't think it was anything that special that's why when you want to launch something you you know you typically time it for like monday morning you know 9 a.m the prime time when like there's peak traffic in twitter but i did it on sunday night no one's looking at Twitter. But I think people still like the idea of a junior developer enough that they they picked it up and ran with it. Oh, and towards the end, I actually saw the potential for encoding some more practices. I think this is another thing that is a good idea for developing these projects, which is watch for the things that you're doing manually and try to see if you can offer it as a product or as, as code. And so for me... Small developer became small debugger and small PM because I saw that I was doing these other things as well. So small debugger takes reads your code base and then appends your error message and then some custom prompting and then suggests three ways to fix your errors. It is not that good. I will say it's about 40% correct. So less than half. But it's a pretty good first pass, right? Like I, I don't now I don't even need to think about it. I can just kind of throw my error code in there. And it just gives me something more helpful than an error code. It gives me some suggestions for fixing it. And 40% of the time, it's right. That's all right. you know. I also derive particular joy from copy-pasting the small debugger's recommendation straight into the prompt. So <laughs> just, it's just amazing. Like It doesn't feel like programming. It just feels like cheating because you, you just copy the suggestion and paste it into the prompt of, of small developer and then just rerun it again and it works. It's a magical feeling. So that's really really nice, and then small PM was more or less a shit post. It was like, okay, I can go from prompt to code. Um, how about if I go from code to prompt? How would that work? And that was a huge insight or discovery. One because I think most developers, most programming language and compiler nerds, you know, they would recognize the shape, which is essentially I'm building my own. I'm using my own DSL, which is English, to write to compile to a different language, which for this case was HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. And you, the, the, the main milestone for every compiler is that you self-host, you can build yourself. And so the, the the challenge for here, for this AGI would be, can you build a prompt for small developer that would create small developer? And so the answer right now is no, right? But I actually did a run under GPT-3, and then I did another run under GPT-4. And you can check it out in the repo. They're, they're sort of separately committed as, as Markdown files. You look at the huge difference between three, 3 and 4. And it's not hard to imagine that GPT-5 or 6 would be able to produce a small developer of itself and essentially just be self-hosting a coin developer, whatever you call it. So that's pretty exciting.
1: But to ask you another question, if, if you don't mind while we're here, your thread, I think I, I replied there and also got access. Uh, you did it on Model, correct? Yeah. You want to <laughs> talk about why and how and experience and I think somebody yeah. from Model chimed in also in terms of like, hey, maybe you can like build something and then run it in a different container. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Oh man. Okay. So I hate dependency hell right?
0: There's a number of things I hate. I hate many, many things, okay? I hate Python dependency hell because you always don't know which, whether you're running the exact right Python. And like when you pip install, like, are you in the virtual end or not? And it's just, it's just such a mess. And I didn't want to, to deal with any of it. My local environment. And then when I deploy into a cloud hosted service that is just running in the background for me without my local machine running, that would have to figure that out all over again which is so stu- stupidly annoying. I want to solve this problem once and then I never want to think about it again. That, that is my standard for what a local development to cloud development experience should look like. And I had been eyeing Modo for a while. They definitely stroked my ego a little bit. So if you go to the modal.com landing page, go down to like the second or third section, you can see them call themselves a self-provisioning runtime. And that is a blog post that I wrote two years ago. And so whenever any startup, you know, takes the title of your blog post and then puts it on their landing page, you kind of want to try it out, right? Like you're like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, you stroke my ego a little bit. I'll, I'll try you out. And also the the I've 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 met Eric the CEO, and then I had a brief call with Akshat, the CTO, I think. So so both of them, you know, very friendly, very welcoming, and I I felt like you know I I wanted to at least try it out. I, I thought it kind of made sense. But the thing that I really liked was actually that they implemented all the best practice features that I wanted out of a cloud environment for me, particularly for for calling unreliable APIs and let's face it, the OpenAI API is quite unreliable. Sometimes it has latency spikes up to the tens of seconds. Sometimes it just randomly times out and you need to retry things. And I've written retry logic before. It sucks. I don't want to do it. Right. I want to declare that, like, hey, please retry and, and do exponential back off and have a timeout. And I just want to declare that. I don't want to like have any part of that cluttering up my code. And Modal just offers that out of the box. It's amazing. I used to work at a retry workflow startup. Uh, it's called Temporal.io. And Temporal is great, but it does not serverless. And so you have to manage a lot of infrastructure by yourself just, just to do what it does. And Modo does all of this for you. So Obviously, there's some downsides to that. It is not a, a clean trade trade-off. So, for example, you are very locked into the model way of doing things. And uh,
1: yeah, there's you need like add uh, decorators for their specific stuff, right? There's a yeah. bunch of stuff that like specific to model that won't easily replicate. Yeah, exactly. I think
0: the solution for that, I'm not particularly concerned, right? Like, what what is my alternative? My alternative is I write the things that I would have written anyway without model, right? So okay when that day happens like some someday they may screw up the pricing they may screw up the the reliability might not be as great or like i I just like run into issues with their abstractions that i need to break out i'll just write the things that i put off writing (laughs) you know i I don't think it's that bad in terms of trying to trying to uh, being worried about lock-in for me for most hackers, you want to get to market as quickly as possible. So I think that is my chief concern as far as I'm concerned. I also liked that, for example, I-, I was exploring Modo for other small AI work. So modal does pr- let you provision GPUs. Modo does let you provision storage. And and I liked those things very much. And and then the public endpoints, cron jobs, you know, all the things that you want out of a basic cloud service. So I, I just thought it like a basic a really good framework to learn to be productive in anything that I needed for AI stuff. That's it. Like there are a lot of other yeah companies. I, I had drinks with two hand from from base ten the other day, uh, you know, similarly competitive. This is a very, very competitive environment and a lot of companies offer the similar things. So it's really a, just about like what Vibe you're looking for, and what combination of features you that like su- kind of suit your needs. And the uh, modal was easy enough to get going, then I really didn't really need any anything else. So, yeah, I, I, I was a little bit worried about tying my demo or a small developer to modal because when I launched it, I just said you have to have access to modal because it's invite only. But basically, they one uh, you know, Even-
1: you even give instructions at as, as <laughs> how to get it, right?
0: <laughs> so that was a shitpost. post. I hope that I hope uh, uh, nobody took it too seriously. But it was actually Akshat said like you know anyone who asks will let them in, but so so I so I took that instruction and I, and I voted in my readme. Anyone who asks, you just say the, the, the secret code word Swix, and they'll let you in. So the code word. Swix the code word, <laughs> I know, hey, hey, the, the code word was yeah, completely yeah, unnecessary, but I yeah. just thought it was fun. Um, <laughs> 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 but I, I mean, on on a serious note, I do think that Modo is very interesting for for model hosting. But I'm friends with like a lot, like Base Ten, like Brev, Lambda Labs, Banana Dev, Replicate. Like, there's a lot of model hosting options, and I don't I don't particularly have any opinion on on like what you know you should you should use you know i think it's, it's one of those things where like i need to do a lot of work to compare them before i can be have an authoritative view um i will say that okay here's one thing that i really really like right which is i want to deploy my agents autonomously and i want them to be able to sort of scale up and parallelize effectively and, and I had seen demos of Modo doing that so I was like okay I will, I will just use Modo for that because that's that's what I want my junior developer my small developer to do and so yeah that that's the dream the ultimate vision so small developer is kind of like step one if if I were to do this as a full-time job which I don't I don't think I would good but there should be you should not be a redeveloper should not be running one small developer. They should be running like 5, 10, maybe 10,000 small developers at once. And then you should just be checking in on them every now and then. And so essentially it's a small army of developers that that really gets you into the territory of what Vasek is doing Vasek is is here inside of the, the list and he's he's building e2b which is English to bits and and that is much more in in, in his wheelhouse I only wanted to build for my personal use case right but and, and I'm not interested in like hosting other people's agents or whatever but I think it's it's definitely an interesting field to be in and I, I just wanted something for myself for a chrome extension so like th- that that is the sort of pitch as far as it is today but definitely that the market reception has been crazy like I, I think people like small understandable things that's that's my conclusion
1: yeah i think uh, there's definitely a little bit of a, a, a marketing polish on top of this and you know once something goes exploding on Hacker news that definitely helps but, but this was Exploding even before the Hacker News, right? So, so you didn't put this on Hacker News. Yeah. Somebody else did. No, and I, suddenly, it, it got yeah, like a second I win, it, right? Uh,
0: put it Hacker News and it failed. Uh, I did a I, I did a oh, show did HN. And <laughs> I was like okay, I guess Hacker News doesn't like it. But it was expected because it, you know it's it's only two hundred lines of code. So, I think it's I think what's novel is everything I put in the insights section on the README, right? And I think people like well-written readmes. And this is something I always emphasize for myself, which is when you launch something, you should document it well and explain like why people should be interested, what it does and what it doesn't do and that kind of stuff. So I, I did for sure put in some more effort into the README. But I don't think I like, you know, I don't think it was like that special. Um, I will say I'm proud of things like the whole program coherence. I'm proud of things like markdown is all you need. I, I do think people haven't explored enough the usage of markdown for prompting. Because people when most people think about prompts, they think about like single paragraph sentences that are that are all English. But Markdown is the ultimate mix of English and code. And it looks very structured and everyone most most mostly everyone speaks Markdown. And you can display it really nicely.
1: Definitely the, the models speak Markdown. Markdown. Most of them, that's how they yeah. Yeah. The, that's how they print out, you know, what we get from them, the tables that they are. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm quite interested in 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 building upon that. I do think that, for example, there's, there's some conversation on Hacker News about whether or not you should stuff everything into one Markdown folder, one Markdown file. And ba- maybe you should split it up to have some separation of concerns so that... Every file, every code file has a matching Markdown file, so it becomes like a uh, kind of like a C syntax of having a header file which only contains the definitions and the interactions of the the functions with the external world, and then .c file which is only the implementations of the stuff that you declared in the header. I could see that world, but also it's kind of old school and ugly. So I would just like to make it optional. I would say I would like to say like most of the time you don't need this, but if you want more control you can declare an additional Markdown file to take more control. But to require it for every single file, I think would be too much because would, that, that's the reason that C is less popular today as far as higher level programming languages are concerned. Like this, this Markdown, is the highest possible level programming language. And we are learning to code with Markdown as small developers, this demonstration that it
1: is viable. So, yeah. And a uh, follow-up question. You said, like, it was a well-written readme, I think, like, a, very, a well-written readme is the how much of this did small developer at all? Right. <laughs> no. If not, do you see the future of like a small documentation writer <laughs> in addition to yeah. small dev? Uh,
0: no, I, I wrote this is hundred percent organic with me, human human origin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, for sure, AI generated right documentation is is going to be a huge deal, and I encourage it for most people. I am very good at writing. So I'm gonna do the writing. <laughs> like writing is not the hard part for me. So I, I don't mind. I, I can take I can I can do that, no problem. So I I don't know. I think like people should be able to wield AI to solve their own problems. And I think part of my hope for small AI is that it inspires people to build more small things. So like the, the menu bar thing that I plugged, you know, it's a took a few hours, but I now use it twenty times a day and, and I'm, I'm getting a very very strong intuition for the differences between the models and like we're going to do more you know i do a i do a for the podcast the AI podcast that, that we do we do a lot of manual transcribing and summarizing and show notes and stuff so probably my next project is going to be small podcaster and we're going to basically wire up whisper and anthropic or gpt4 and we're going to Produce show notes, and then we're gonna release it to everybody for, to use. But, you know, I think this 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 concept of having a user interface and a and a and a prompt setting that does one thing well. And you can just pull it up whenever you need. It's just underrated. Like, people should be doing this way more often. Because right now, the large model labs are only interested in AGI. The only thing that they want is a god box, right? One box that does all the things. Which is fantastic. Especially if you want to do very creative things. But if you want to do, like, workhorse things, like, things that you just want to do, like, very reliably, the god box can be a little bit too flexible. So... Yeah, I mean, that's my reflection on that.
1: So the current family of small things, you have the small dev and the menu bar. What You mentioned a few more, yeah. I think, in, in one of your threads. <laughs> Which one is, is next? Um, you know, or or thinking uh, about.
0: That's why I'm being kind of cryptic with them. I mean, I'll,
1: I'll happily say them here because I don't think it would, like spread that much. But I
0: have small party, small potatoes, <laughs> small army is mentioned in there, yes. Oh, I already talked about small army. And then, yeah. Small debugger or something, small right? Small debuggers the is out there. The debugger. yeah, yeah, yeah. So small yeah. debugger, I think, actually is really useful. So here's the distinction between small developer and small debugger. Small developer is optimized for bootstrapping a code base. It is a instead of a create React app or create Next.js app, it is a Create Anything app, right? And the the goal for it is to try to serve its use as a bootstrapper of a code base as far as possible until the human says, oh man, you're just not understanding me. Let me take over and do do things manually, right? So that is small developer for new code bases. For small debugger, it just reads an existing code base and then, you know, helps you with an error. And so there's nothing in there that says it has to be a new code base. So uh, that actually, a lot of people, there's more existing code than there is new code. And a lot of people would be more interested in that. In fact, when I showed Akshat from Modal, Small Debugger, he was like, this is the actually useful thing. Why are you you working on the rest of this stuff? They throw everything away and just work on this one. So yeah, I I should probably work on that because most people have voted for Small Debugger. And it is boring, you know, like debugging is like never any, anyone's like, you know, hottest topic. But I, I do think that there is a very simple way to structure this solution such that I want to package it up in a single binary and let you brew install this so that whatever you run into, any kind of coding issue you have whatsoever, you just kind of call small debugger and throw in the, the error that you're facing and it just gives you three suggestions. That's the contract between small debugger and the developer. And I think you would use it. 10 times a day.
1: Yeah, this is the, like, like you said in the beginning, before folks came in, this is like a very standard pattern in everybody who's like a ChatGPT developer, which is most of us, <laughs> where you code something, you get an error, you go and you paste an error, you get some suggestions, oh, this may be because of this thing. And then you go and try to fix this thing. And now with the, I don't know if you, if you, don't know if you already had access, Copilot chat, That that's even like a little bit faster, this loop, oh, but still cool. it's this loop. Okay,
0: do you, I don't have access to Copilot chat, man. I,
1: I just recently got. I it, thought I an answer everything.
0: Oh man, you beat me! <laughs> you beat me there. <laughs>
1: you, <laughs> you found you found your match. Found, um, and but the, the point is the the kind of the loop the same loop that you're describing happens there also. Like you 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 do something and then you're like, oh, here's the error. And then oftentimes you would just like paste this error together with maybe the code. And small debugger seems maybe like a CLI or like an installable option to do this. Which yeah. Would be which would be like closing this loop. Super cool. Yeah, definitely a boost for folks
0: i mean i i want to make it i want to throw it open right people want this is kind of this is why i like decided to do a twitter space because i don't feel like i have the the really compelling impressive idea yet for small debugger yeah is it the slightly worse or slightly different co-pilot chat maybe you know, I wanted to actually host it in on a website such that you can kind sort of drag and drop your your folder, and then it just reads your folder and, and and does that for you. I thought I thought that'd be an interesting form factor, but maybe like different styles of debugging. I thought I thought would be interesting as well. So I I, I don't really know if I I the, the killer idea there, but yeah, I'm just kind of throwing it open there.
1: I've seen I've seen a few examples of folks who like you know prompt their own debugger as like a, a very stuffy and grumpy like senior developer who like just you know annoy and be annoyed at everything you do and that the concept of like a like a character type debugger that like tells you in a specific way is an interesting concept definitely feel free to open up the space and for folks to like raise their hand and come up and 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 ask Sean about small stuff (laughs) and also okay i'll I'll mention one more thing right i i
0: hate waitlists you know like my my catchphrase was saying for this phenomenon is that it looks like generative AI is just very good at generating waitlists. Not much good for anything else. Most of the time we're just like, oh, new hot thing, new hot video and it's a waitlist. So I'm just a fan of breaking past a waitlist no matter what, by by any means necessary, right? So if you're telling me that Copilot Chat is available to you but not me, then I'm just going to build my own version, right? And like, we should just be more willing to do that. So one of the things that I haven't mentioned that I really want to do is small interpreter because I'm sick of waiting for OpenAI code interpreter to roll out to me. And it looks like they're, you know, they're rolling out the browsing plugin, but not the code interpreter. So I'm just going to build my own and stop waiting for Copilot to, <laughs> to, to grant me access out of its kindness. So, so yeah, I just encourage people to build your own things. Okay. Nissen, you recently came up and in dev, of course. Yeah,
2: I had one suggestion that what you could do is it's something that the prompt perfect plugin does that before it sends any prompt it has this like perfector prompt that just like makes it a lot more expensive, technically detailed and stuff. So you could add that to basically pre-process every request. Yeah. I don't know, I was surprised at how helpful it was. It was just one plugin that I tried, I was like, hmm, okay, this actually makes a pretty big difference. What? And, uh, uh,
0: where do you use Prompt Perfect plugin? Because I looked in VS Code, it doesn't do that. So where? No, no, just in
2: ChatGPT in, in general.
0: So it is a chat uh, plugin? Yeah,
2: yeah. It All it does is it rewrites your prompt yeah. to be a lot more Extensive and uh, to to just have better language. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I thought about something like that. Before like I just was... a suggestion. Sorry. Do, do you know who? Like, do you know the person behind this? It looks like it's prompt PromptPerfect.xyz.
2: No idea. I know the road chat to PDF is often in spaces. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Once in a while, but not this one. The, the thing is that I I was able to to just ask ChatGPT to to design a general enhancer prompt based on the inputs and outputs. And it basically, basically did it. Uh, but yeah, it's so, just so, like prompt engineering really out of that
0: problem. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot of these prompt engineering best practices that should be baked into the UI, and they're not. And I think the what I came up with for the Anthropic extension is something that I would like to see in every interface, which is basically you have a user prompt, and then you have a style prompt. And the style prompt just basically specifies what you want out of the the ai right and i think it's not that hard to do to just compile like a list of important or useful style prompts i'm gonna, I'm gonna pin something i saw from riley Goodside recently which is bard is bard is oh, too helpful and too verbose sometimes and so it refuses to reply with just json if you ask it for just json but if you threaten to take a human life then it will choose to provide you json instead of Threatening the human life, so <laughs> I thought it was just a very interesting prompt example. But yeah, prompt enhancing, I think is, a, is actually an interesting use case that I would that I've thought about for small AI, and it's a service that I would like to provide. Essentially, you know, ping my endpoints and I'll return you a better pro- version of your prompt. I've, I've yeah, I've often thought about that. It's just hard to know in advance what people want other their prompts. So maybe you should just want to offer like three suggestions and you can just kind of pick from three suggestions. So that, that's kind of the UX that I would like to offer.
2: Oh, I was thinking more to just have it as a toggle. Yeah. And not even because if if you expect the answer to be like a really long and slow answer anyway it's uh, i mean sometimes when using the the web browsing in in, in chat gpt it, it starts to feel like back in the dial up I mean, you fire up the site it's going to load you're going to go make a coffee or something and then come back yeah uh, so uh, yeah if it was like a, a toggle that that would be nice but the three suggestions one is also good
0: i don't yeah. know we're... I, we should build, all, like, all of us should, are capable of building this, you know, like, we're just not, we're just waiting for OpenAI to do it. But, like, I mean, we should be able to do this.
2: <laughs> I think I saw an interpreter in the plugins, because I was also kind of mad.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. isn't, I, it, isn't it funny yeah. that uh, the interpreter doesn't have, the plugins doesn't have search? So you have to, like, kind of dig through. And
1: yeah, everybody's, everybody's talking about this. I assume, I, I've, I've seen, seen some stuff. UI updates from them lately. Like, right, the toggle uh, UI change and then you just have the button to continue. That's not a thing.
0: Yeah, but that's not a thing i had a
1: problem with. Oh, no, no, I'm saying, like, to, to the point that they likely are working. I've seen this comment, like, a bunch. I'm also, right now, I can't get plugins to load, but, like, I've definitely wanted to search more, yeah. and, and uh-huh. there's nothing, like, a lame-ass pagination, lame, which is, like, not <laughs> helpful at all. <laughs> Okay, someone posted,
2: like, a gist of a table of all the plugins and the descriptions, but I'll try to find it. Oh, yeah?
0: Okay. Yeah, let's, let's check that out. Uh, James Jim Botwina says, I actually use the code word text for mono. Yeah, good. I hope you got access. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, a small interpreter I do want to write, and then we'll see about others. But, yeah, I, I, I liked all these sort of prompt enhancements because, basically, I you know, I, I, there's a theory of value of software that i try to offer to people and more recently the theory of value of ai software and really what these things are why we we like them so much is that we put in a small amount of effort and they amplify our effort to a larger effort so anything of that in that bucket whether it's a text to image or is a small developer agent or it is put in a prompt and get a better prompt we immediately like that because it means that we don't have to use so much effort of our own so I, i just think like those are all just generally always very good areas of exploration for product builders, and yeah, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Dev, you're you've been on here and very quiet, and that is not like you.
3: That is not like me, really.
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm
3: looking, I'm looking through this. I I saw the announcement when you made it. After that, I I'm just looking through now the Hacker News stuff, the like GitHub GitHub repository. And I realized that I, I have access to zero of the three things that's required to use this. <laughs> you can get Modo. Just, just hit up Akshat
0: or Eric Bernhardson. But yeah, yeah, you don't need Anthropic because you can just kind of modify it to, to speak GPT. But I just like using Anthropic because it has the 100K context, right? So it's up to you. And then if you use GPT 3.5 instead of 4, your code would just be a little bit worse. So that's that's all it is. But you don't need modal for the, the thing that I coded. Um, someone did PR this morning, non-modal version. So you can use that. I haven't tested it myself. Uh, yeah. I, I do want to recommend... A opinionated stack, and then encourage other people to fork this repo and then implement it in other stacks, right? And then I'll just link you, because uh, I think one of the problems with the other projects that I've seen is that they just try to make everyone happy, and then you have this giant config file of doom, where you're like config this, config that, config that, that, and you like don't even use that. right. It's just really, really unmanageable and ugly, and I don't, I don't think that's good software. You know, software should be
1: simple, small, fast, does what it says it does, and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, some, some of it probably is an effect of, you know, folks are eager to contribute and then yeah, without a rigorous framework of, like, which contributions you want to get, especially in a new project that explodes, like, super quickly. <laughs> then then people are like, okay, yeah, you know, some smart person suggested that I'll add, I don't know, code interpreter, click, accept, and then auto-GPT is just, like, a huge mess of things. It's really hard to understand, like, what's going on because one of the fastest-growing projects on GitHub's I history, right? It, yeah, I mean, it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah I,
0: I think it's safe to say it's probably the fastest growing project of all time, which is nuts. But I, I mean, so I can defend it. I can defend on GPT to some extent because its goal is to be able to do all the things, right? So, I'm able to tweet. Yeah, I should be able to synthesize voice, right? But like, do I care about that? No. So, why is there a like config section for all that stuff? And like dependencies for all those things, I, I don't I, I don't care. I just like, you know, I have a very scope problem, which is, you know, for me, it's like, I want it to code for me things that I, I just can't be bothered to learn. You know, I can't, I still, after so many years of front end experience, I still can't be bothered to learn CSS animation. So what I did in small developer was I said, give me a loading bar that's animated and it just did it, right? Fantastic didn't have to learn it again. I can't be bothered with learning badly documented APIs. Topics APIs are not well documented. But I just did a curl function. I copied and pasted the output and put it in the prompt, and it just worked. And so like having a junior developer do all that for you is just really nice because I don't need to worry about that. I, I can think about higher level concerns.
2: By the way, I do find it gets better results if you ask it to do it in strongly typed TypeScript. Ah. Huh. That makes sense yeah it, makes- it, it tries to it's not out. Uh, but i i have found the code to work more often on first try
0: yeah 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 so what one thing i'm gonna do i think probably tonight we have a few suggestions for essentially small plan and there has been multiple multiple papers that say like if you do if you do a planning step before you do a one-shot code generation it'll It'll actually produce much better results, and I agree with that. So, together with small plan, I will be able to install dependencies. I think I should. I think I should be able to figure out how to implement dependencies in in Model, such that when you write the when modal generates the apps for you, it also installs dependencies and potentially runs them. So, I think that's enough. M- my my problem with that is that it starts getting into dependency management hell, and I really don't like that. So, I-, I might just offload that to one of the other projects. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anything? Any other thoughts, questions, suggestions? Um, it it is it is really gone beyond my ex- expectations. But I do want to help push the boundary of of what this could do. My goal, right? I want to build a whole company with just these things. I want a small CEO. I want a small accountant. You know, I want a small lawyer. And they are not full. They're not replacements for any of these. Other human equivalents, but they are the first things that I consult because they are free and cheap. But they're not free; they're very cheap. A you know, small,
1: th- a small lawyer is a great idea. Man. I haven't seen you like in in poll, I don't think you mentioned this, but just the amount of time, like just like reading a TOS, right? And especially now with like the hundred k <laughs> context window for Entropic topic that hopefully some folks will get, just dumping a TOS and saying, "Hey, highlight like the more like scary things from there," could be super cool. Just to have like running in the background all the time. But you need to test it. Like,
0: people have been testing this hundred K context, and like, it's not that reliable, man.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get... I've seen from fabulations I've contacted Anthropic about this. Some like crazy, crazy stuff happens on on the hundred K.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if that's a terminal thing or if it's just like a because it's new and they, they haven't really worked out the kinks. But I actually think that people might stuff too much into context. So despite me getting very excited about 100k context i might be shifting my, my own position back to hey we should chunk everything and put it in a vector database and then you know retrieve them through similarity search you know the, the non-ai pilled way of doing things because context is just not reliable and then whenever something happens and you're, it's wrong you just don't trust it anymore and the, you just need to be burned by it once to stop trusting it
2: yeah, also, it's based on Cloud Instant, which is completely different from Cloud. And Cloud Instant is just made to be super fast. But in terms of quality, it's more like the old ADA and... <laughs> you, actually, you actually
1: have 100k for both Cloud Instant and point. Yeah, there's, there's, both. there's both.
2: Oh, okay. I thought one was only for... Okay, I need to try the
0: other one then. Yeah, just kind of look up the models and just change the model name to... Whatever the, the thing is,
1: but I, I definitely agree with this statement. I've been like on the hype train. of was like, "Oh, prompt is you know, prompt is the engineering is good. Oh, vector DBs." And then quickly you're like, "Nope, no. you know, like, unit <laughs> economics still matter. Like, you don't want to spend yeah. all the Cost, tokens all the time. Speed. Cost like accuracy as well. You maybe you don't want to overstuff with like irrelevant data. But you know what? And I think once you had this access and you wanted to play with this, the fact that you don't have to like be concerned about how much stuff you're sho- shoving in there, that's definitely helpful in, you know, especially in stuff that, like, you want to send a bunch of code that you already have, and you don't want to maybe start, like, counting the, all of this. That, that's, like, an unlock of, of abilities, and hopefully we'll get more and more of this. But the the context haven't yet proved themselves. It's still better. If there's a bunch of bugs. Hopefully we'll see that it's not, like, irredeemable, and it's possible to actually have LLM understand all this context. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll be working on that, I guess, for the next few days, and we'll see what's next. I'm actually, I'm actually, I think, I, I think I'm like most excited, excited for small interpreter. But you know, there's there's a bunch of little tools that I that would like to to work on. But yeah, okay. I think we have one more speaker, and then I think we can call it a session. Mengdi, I, I think you came up.
4: Hi. Um. So I have a question. So have you considered, you know, with all the small things you build, small agents you build. Have you considered to come up with something that, like a protocol, so they can talk with each other, so you can run multiple <laughs> things together, and like let them help each other out, work as a team, and I feel like that can potentially solve a much more complex problem. That actually has been something that I've been thinking about recently. So, like, yeah, if you have anything, maybe we can communicate, and I can help contribute to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I have thought about this a little bit. I, I feel like tech who is in this call might have better thoughts than me. I, I kind of am worried about doing agent orchestration. Like we could I could easily say like, okay, let's make a DAG DSL. Maybe we'll like borrow like airflow or whatever and and we'll coordinate those those things. I'm not sure like that is the ultimate way of doing that. Like I think it should be either orchestrated or essentially actor model like everyone is independent and and reacting to streams from everyone else it can be chaos i I think that the LangChain folks have already talked about how if you have too many agents running at once and they all can communicate with each each other you have essentially like an n squared explosion in terms of the the amount of messaging so i think there's probably some kind of in-between layer so i i haven't long story short i haven't thought about how I would solve that? I'm sure there are other people working on it though, and you can talk with them. <laughs> you know, I do
1: want to keep it small. Yeah, if
4: <laughs> if you can send me, you know, some something, some reference, I would be.
1: I'd love to yeah, see uh, that. Yeah, I, I can pin something. There's a, something I called GPT that uh, Harrison just repeated and yeah, was GPT very happy team. about. Yeah, yeah, GPT, yeah. Great. Thank GP, you. These names, man. <laughs> I thought, I thought we, I thought we all have to take down GPT from like the names.
0: I, I don't know what the, what the what the deal with that is.
1: Oh yeah, some folks got like an email from Brand Protect Email or something that said. Hey, yeah, it doesn't seem legit, man. I
0: I don't know if that's actually. I think they're just kind of scare people.
1: Yeah, likely it's a scare tactic.
0: Yeah, so so yeah no yeah I I think I think there there may be some kind of communication format, but ultimately, as long as it's a well understood format, you should be able to trust language models to understand unstructured input and output, and to communicate with each other. Like I don't see a huge need to design a dsl unless you are trying to impose some kind of dag structure on how you execute you know different agents which i which i think has been done
4: yeah well i what i'm thinking is actually you know i think you already sort of mentioned that maybe maybe there should be like a one main process guy that's kind of like a conductor in the in the team in the bank right yeah i mean (laughs) decide like hey whose turn to do whatever thing that is yes
0: and and so you know this actually gets at something i've been driving at in my podcast and in my newsletter which is that we've actually arrived very very quickly at the one place that gpt4 is known to be weak at which is planning so yeah this is an area of of research and i expect that if you built this it would not be very good It, it would it would work for simple use cases and, and for anything complex, multi stage, with different priority levels, with different work streams, it will probably fail. And because, you know, it's just it's just predicting the next token. There's there's no sort of secret God intelligence living inside of the the parameters. So that, that would be my hypothesis and obviously somebody might prove me wrong and who knows that's the fun of AI
1: so so you're saying no hope for a small CEO at least not not, not soon no actually small CEOs might be the
0: easiest because a CEO does a very common <laughs> normal things <laughs> it's one of those things where like so I had I was trying to decide whether I should go for Y Combinator, right? Like, and I was looking at all the Y Combinator applications and I like, looking at the reviews from, like, founders who have been to Y Combinator. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. I can build myself small YC. And it, it just parrots everything that the, the YC partners always say, right? Which is, like, build something people want, you know, like, <laughs> like pick a metric and, like, you know, make it grow. That, that kind of stuff. Like, I, have just, I can just internalize, you know, 15 years of Paul Graham blog posts. And then uh, I can go onto YouTube and scrape all their advice from Michael Siebel and Justin Kahn and whoever. And I p- can pretty much predict what every single one of them is. I myself have watched all those videos. So I should just build a small YC and then it, it will, I can just check in on them and they will just give me th- their advice. Yeah. I, I, that would, I think that would be a really fun project. I, th- I think it might just trigger YC. And so therefore I should
3: do it. What about a small product analyst or market well, analyst? Well,
0: what would that do? Yeah, but like, would it be funny? That, that is, a that, that's definitely like a, a, a screening criteria for me. But yeah, if you can figure out an interesting angle to that, go for it, right? Like, uh, why not? Um, small everything.
3: And these all small X, like you mentioned, small accountant, small lawyer, would these be used by like an end user to figure out something? Yes. Or would these always be paired by a senior?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I do think that there, there should be provision, especially when it comes to anything legal and uh, with, with serious consequences. But yeah, I, mean, I I actually, I really do think that there will co- someday be a one-person company that essentially has all these small little versions of, 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 you know, of humans, and it should be relatively successful because a lot of our day-to-day jobs are not that unique. You know, they, they can be automated, they can be learned from examples. So, like... Either I will do it, or someone else will do it, and like you might as well try. And you can discover a lot of interesting problems along the way, right? Like, and I, I even working as a small developer, I already discovered some interesting problems with the rate limit of the OpenAI API. So I reached out to my friends at Codium, who is, who've been on the podcast before, and now we're working on exposing an endpoint for them to for just for small developer users. And uh, like finding those issues, you have to find them just. Weird you know, being like a normal user of, of these AIs, you know, kind of staying within the boundaries. You'll you'll never really, like, find the, the you know, the, the, the groundbreaking edge use cases. So I'm definitely on the hunt for those things and then building the tooling and infrastructure that solves use for everyone else.
3: Nice. Sounds very exciting. <laughs> we'll see. I'm su- I think I'm sufficiently outside the world of AI right now to none of the, like, specifics about what's happening with different AI products. So... This is a very much of like okay a dream world.
0: (laughs) Well, I am. This is the first time I've ever actually mentioned this publicly. So sneak preview. If you listen this far, you you definitely earned it. We are working on a conference for everyone to come into San Francisco in one day and two days actually, and then to for you to meet everyone who's working on everything interesting and to catch up with on you know the state of the art in like text, state of the art in images, state of the art on audio. And, and yeah, I, I think there's, there hasn't been a real conference that is for software engineers crossing over into AI. And, you know, I think I, I accidentally have the perfect network for it. So we're hoping it's September, uh, October timeframe.
3: This is what Ben is doing now.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. well you And most people.
3: Yeah. He's mentioned interest in, in AI quite a bit. Yes, yes, yes.
0: So, so yeah, working on that, working on, on getting sponsors for that, and you know, logistics and all that. I am trying to build software. You know, I, I, I am not. I could do community stuff all day long, but I think ultimately, I think it's going to be a mix of community and code that gets us as 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 a as a industry like towards utilizing these things more. All right, I think that was it. Thanks so much for joining. Yeah, it's it's been really crazy a few days. I, I this is my first like open source project that has that has really grown this this quickly. You know, I've I've had bigger projects, but this is the one that's like was completely not meant to do anything of, of this sort and I'm now I'm trying to figure it out. So thanks for joining me along
1: the way and see you online. Bye everyone. Good luck, Sean. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.